This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, July 11th, 2021. After 16 long months, the return to live events is upon us in the United States. But we have record low ratings going into the post-COVID era of professional wrestling. An all-time low rating for WWE Raw, the second lowest rating ever for SmackDown on Fox, and the first event back on the road for AEW Dynamite, plus a rundown of all the events coming up, uh, how their ticket sales are going, courtesy of WrestleTix. And more events have been announced by WWE. All-out tickets went on sale and sold out. MSG tickets for WWE went on sale. And WWE announced that the second SmackDown on the road will be a simulcast, a split telecast, as the Rolling Loud Miami Music Festival will co-host, along with Cleveland, WWE SmackDown. All that and more coming up. But first. And now, joining us from my South by Southwest, from South Buffalo, everyone's favorite independent ring announcer, uh, Chris Golo, fresh from his, his trip to New Jersey earlier this weekend. Welcome yeah. once again, Chris Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've only been back in Buffalo for a couple hours before uh, recording this oh, with yeah. you. Yes, it was, uh, you know, I uh, did a show, uh, as we're recording a Saturday night, uh, for NFW. It was at the HGO Wrestling Center in, uh, uh, Williamstown, New Jersey. Um, but what me and my, uh, um, friend, uh, who drove there together, John, Jonathan Ash, uh, we, uh, we like to do Your this cult. thing. Yeah, we my co-host on RTI, but we like to do this thing where like it's much easier. We're getting older, so we don't. We used to do the seven hours there and seven hours back, and we're we're done with that. So we'll do seven hours there, obviously, but then we'll do like midway back, like or like three hours in or whatever, uh, and then we'll usually get a hotel. And the hotels we usually get, a lot of them were booked. They were very hard to to get. And uh, we found one in Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, and it was uh, not what I expected. It was a chain, and for some reason, I just stayed there. And like, yeah. see, I don't know, like, I, I, I like, why is it like it's the names escaping me? I was literally just there this morning, but uh, so we get Red the roof I'll, six. I'll, I'll, I'll find it because um, it's in the Choice Hotels Enterprise. So I will. I will definitely find it here. Where are you, Choice Hotels? Our, our hotels. Is it on your credit card statement? What did they charge you for uh, a night's stay? Um, together, it was t- together. It was about uh, not ninety bucks uh, with taxes and everything. So, I mean, you know, it's for two beds, pretty affordable. For the two, yeah, but still, um, not 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 the most pleasant experience uh, that I had. Not a four-star. 
um, it would be negative one. And then, you know, we kind of lodge. That's what was kind of lodge. Um, yeah, I kind of lodge. I have stated it. Yes. Yeah. And I also don't have a great experience <laughs> in New Orleans, but, but I don't want to hijack. This. Yeah. So we get there. Okay. At like two 30 in the morning, you know, and uh, by the way, we went to Wawa. Sheets is still better than Wawa, but continuing on. Um, mm-hmm. So we got there at 2.30 in the morning, and we're, we made the reservation for the night of July 10th. And the guy's like, you missed check-in. Like, what do you mean we missed check-in? It was like, check-in's 3 o'clock. No, it says you could check-in after 3 o'clock. You could check-in any time in that day. And he's like, no. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, and if... Every hotel ever. Then he finally goes, oh, I guess I'll make this exception for you. You know, he just didn't want to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just didn't want to do it. Um, see, so yeah, Ash and I got through that debacle, but then we get to where our room's supposed to be. And, uh, we're talking outdated ca- carpet, uh, doors that chip paint, like very bad chip paint, um, walls with, Crayon, uh, <laughs> like written on them and, and holes in the wall and, uh, the very smelly, smelly, smelly room. Um, I was creeped out. I did not sleep much last night. Let's just say that. Very, not, not, so you just got back. Yes. Yeah, not a pleasant experience. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah, this will be fun. We're prime time tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At some point, maybe we'll do this live and it'll be, we're doing this at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern right now. Um, how was your show? Any comments you'd like to make about the uh, the show that you worked last night? Um, I mean, fun show, a lot of fun, young, up-and-coming talent, as far as like high-flying and tentacle wrestling and stuff and all that. Uh, um, actually, really cool double submission uh, finished by KTB. I saw in a match that I really, really, really liked. Um, but uh, do you get to watch a lot of the matches i've always kind of wondered that because you're you're the ring announcer so often you are at ringside but sometimes sometimes you're yes you're busy. it all depends on how much production and how much like communication i have to do with the promoter sometimes like i have to do a lot of communication with the promoter and sometimes it's kind of just a Sometimes you have a high maintenance promoter like like Brett Menick to deal with. That. Yeah. So, and sometimes, right? That's what you're getting. <laughs> this is a lot going on. It's a very busy place. Uh, and sometimes there's a curtain and two speakers, and that promoter I don't have to communicate with much. Um, yeah, you got you, you got to stack index yeah, cards uh, and you're good to go. But uh, what's great about H2O is there's a TVs. There's two TVs in Gorilla, and there's like two areas in Gorilla. And then in the locker room, there's a couple TVs, so it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like you can it, you can stop and watch or whatever. And I do try to watch it on the actual like out with the crowd as much as possible. But like you said, sometimes I got to go back there and communicate and figure out what's going on and and all that. So, but yeah. So I mean, it was overall a good show. I trained. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I no, oh, fine. You're fine. I trained today. I've been training multiple times a week since june i think i trained today and i don't know why but it, it just it took it right out of me i uh i don't we didn't uh, maybe it's the humidity i know we're due for like 10 consecutive days of rain here in buffalo new york but we did some drop downs and leapfrogs at grapplers and uh 
I've been home for, for a while now, so I've, I think I'm finally getting over it and drinking coffee here out of my uh, Sterling Cooper <laughs> mug. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I was so blown up. I get so blown up. Yeah, you got you gotta you gotta get that cardio. You know that first match may be soon, so Yeah. I used to be people would say at least, I haven't really felt this way for the last few years, but people would say that I would like be super cardio king, and blow people up. The king of cardio. That's, that's a legend. <laughs> at at one point, yes. When I uh was on the amateur wrestling team at NCCC, Nyer County Community College. And I wrestled in a wrestling room and they closed the door and did not let you leave for two hours. No water comes in with you either. And we just wrestled for two hours, five days a week. That's uh... And I would get destroyed by like, I'd never done amateur wrestling before, but uh, I just got destroyed by people who were probably good in high school so that they decided to wrestle at the community college and just housed me for like seven months. It was, it was a great experience. <laughs> I imagine the no water thing is can't happen in 2021. <laughs> I wonder if they're still doing like, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they can't be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I think it was like supposed to, to teach you to, to cut because you, you don't drink water when you're cutting, of course. This is a, you know, dehydrate yourself and get all the water out of your system. Yeah, the water weight. carries you know? a lot of your weight if you're. Only yeah. I, uh, when I do MMA yeah. and I do sometimes I'll do the weigh-ins like I'll announce the weigh-ins and these guys are like can I get my weigh-in can I get my weigh-in done because like as soon as their weigh-ins on they can eat whatever they want yeah. <laughs> and they look they st- almost like starve themselves it's crazy yes. but people yeah. die it's, yeah. um, all right so you want to you want to get into the nitty-gritty of the week that was the business of professional wrestling Brandon all right. Sure. We have some, some uh, record-breaking moments. Yeah, um, we'll uh, get right into uh, ratings. We'll start uh, in ratings, and we will start with uh, SmackDown. Um, we'll first off, we'll talk about July 2nd SmackDown, and then we'll circle back to what the overnight is for the July 9th SmackDown. But let's just start with the July 2nd SmackDown, uh, 1.8 1.8 million, almost 1.9, uh, with a 0. 0.46 and 18 to 49. That is slightly down for overall, uh, and, uh, Good, good percentage down uh, for the eighteen forty nine, which was point five four on uh, on June twenty fifth. That is the second lowest SmackDown on Fox ever, by the way. So not a good rating for uh, for SmackDown. Maybe has something to do with the July fourth weekend. Um, but the only the only- <laughs> and that that overnight gas station, the overnight gas station. <laughs> no, you never hear that. Mean? So there was a whole thing that Tracy Smothers used to say that like if an indie he worked an indie show an indie promoter was like, oh yeah, I, I, the draw should have been bigger and he and he would always make the joke and it'd be like, well yeah, that twenty four seven gas station opened up down the street and that's that's right. stiff competition. But the the, the, the lowest ever on Fox. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's been preemptions to FS1 because of the World Series and and those have done like under a million. But this one uh, last year. This this time of the year last year was is the lowest on Fox, uh, under 1.8 million. It's a, somewhere in the high 1.7 million viewers. Uh, so it is it's an interesting coincidence that it would happen in the same time of the year. Maybe maybe the July Fourth weekend does have some sort of effect on people's 
behavior as it relates to watching SmackDown. But uh, and maybe you could say, well, this is sort of a lame duck uh, period. We're waiting to go back to uh, the, the touring with live fans. We have now had the last SmackDown, the one that just happened, is the last SmackDown in the Thunderdome. The last, Sma- the last Raw in the Thunderdome will be uh, tomorrow as we record this. But yeah. And uh, let's talk about that last SmackDown. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the overnight uh, that looks to be at 1.88 million viewers. So right around uh, what we have here uh, for July 2nd. Um, you know, the final final numbers usually come in slightly higher. Brandon, you're going to estimate that we'll be around 2 million even. So, you know, that will be an increase, which would be up from, you know, as you said, the second lowest ever on Fox last week. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Could the 4th of July weekend have something to do with it? And, you know, normally that makes things go down because people are out of town not watching. I think that was what, you know, contributed to uh, impact. But we'll, we'll talk about that. In a yeah, second. So. We'll talk, we're we're going to talk quite a bit about ratings mm-hmm. today. So I don't want to get too ahead, of, too ahead of myself. All right. So, yeah, let's 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 talk about Raw, the second last Raw in the Thunderdome without a crowd. Uh, Monday, July 5th, uh, one point four seven two million with a point four one in eighteen forty nine. Um, if you look from that from a month prior, uh, they were doing a point four nine in eighteen forty nine on June 14th uh, with one point seven four. So uh, it's, you know, over a month's time. As I keep doing these month evaluations, to yeah, keep getting I don't know smaller why I and smaller and smaller uh, for in, the audience in your, in your table here. There's there's something wrong. Um, with you did, <laughs> but you you said you like to gauge like yes, a but month. That's not what it's you know, to be. what this a month is, is intended to be the most recent rating versus the that of the week prior. Um, big headline here is this is the lowest viewed raw of all time, in all likelihood. Uh, going back to this is obviously this has been a show that's been on TV. Since January 1993, the longest, what do they say? The longest running weekly episodic TV show that is not The Simpsons or uh, Meet the Press. Um, our friend Corey pointed out to me, uh, he showed me the, the the snippet from Matt Watch, the old newsletter Matt Watch, uh, where I don't have it on me right now, but the, the, the number of, we know the number of households that we're viewing on. I think it's, it's, a, it's a week in September in 1993. And if the if the viewers per household was something like 1.45, then that episode in 1993 in September might have been less viewed than this episode. But then Dave Meltzer uh, quote tweeted me and said that's unlikely that the viewers per household at that time was usually uh, nearly two or something like that. So this is probably t- linear TV being what it is, but this is probably the least viewed, the smallest total audience that Raw has ever had. Uh, this was down only slightly. This is the third lowest ever in, in 1849, uh, but the, the least viewed total audience probably of all time for Raw in its, what's what's 2020 uh, minus 1993. That's uh, going on 30 years. So we'll see uh, if that increases. Probably not much uh, tomorrow, but maybe the week after with crowds and the day after money in the bank. So, uh, NXT on July 6th at 654,000. Great American Bash. Uh, with a point. Yep. Yeah, that's right. It was a Great American Bash. Point 18 uh, and 18 to 49. Uh, slightly up 
from June 29th with 640,000 and a 0.13 and the 18 to 49. So yeah, the, the great American bash episode where they set up more matches for the next week. Uh, (laughs) This, this was not an impressive number compared to what they've been doing lately. The, the big narrative to me is that NXT is not doing that much better than it was doing when it was running head to head with, with NXT uh, or when it was running head to head with AW dynamite. Um, That said, they were going against an NBA final game. Um, I think it's, I think it was game one of uh, who's in the NBA Finals, the Bucks and the Suns, right? Actually, yep, Bucks and Suns, Phoenix and Milwaukee. Yep, yeah. So I, I I don't view view this super negatively compared to what their trends were in the weeks leading up to this, but you, it's hard to imagine NXT being able to put on a stronger lineup than they put on for that Great American Bash episode, and they'll probably do these sort of peak episodes from time to time between takeovers, just like they've done in the past year. They uh, they did a good rating for their Halloween Havoc episode in October last year. Uh, but even this could not break 700. And I think it's, I think it's questionable whether this show is going to be over 700,000 viewers, uh, ever again, unless there's some dramatic difference or some, some added star power here. I think if Samoa Joe actually wrestles, that might do it. Maybe. And, and another thing, thing to, to talk about here too, and we'll, we're going to, I think we're going to talk about, you know, in a, in, a, in a minute about how you know, Raw and SmackDown are going to get this bump from the return to touring. NXT is not returning to touring. Uh, there's no plans that I know of for them even to return to full sale. Pro- I, so they're in the Capitol Wrestling Center, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Performance Center. Uh, where are people training at this moment, by the way, <laughs> at the Performance Center? But anyway, uh, but it, it's, it's, I think it's maybe it's a, they can probably get a comparable number of people in the, in the Capitol Wrestling Center that were in full sale, maybe. But my point is they're not, it's not as if they're waiting to go back to wrestle in front of thousands and thousands of fans like Raw and SmackDown are. There's no bump coming up for them uh, in terms of getting their live audience back. The live audience they've got is about the one that they're, that they're going to get is about the one that they've got right now. So this is, this is post COVID NXT right now. I I wonder if they're going to keep the, the fans on their screen. Because they do have like the small audience, but that, that that's got to be so expensive, though. I mean, it's, it's probably not as elaborate as the Thunderdome is, and Lord knows they can afford it. They're a very profitable company, but I would, I mean, if you can just increase the capacity in that building and put more real fans in there who will pay admission, why do why keep screens there that are probably a lot more expensive to keep there when you can open up that space for something that will generate revenue? Yeah, I wonder if Full Sail doesn't want to start back up. I mean, cause that would, I mean, it would make sense to at least get that. You don't want to do your small house show touring or whatever it might be, but like that open yeah. full sale back up, you know, do that. It, it's, it's something that I probably should be looking into more or somebody could ask the question. Um, I, I remember early on in the pandemic, there were, there were issues with the full sale contract. It's, it's plausible that the full sale contract is, has expired and they maybe they just let it expire due to the uncertainty with COVID and they haven't renewed it. Renegotiate, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to AW Dynamite. And uh, this uh, this was a uh, Dynamite had some surprises as well. Uh, 871. Thousand. Um, this was actually the return to the road too. This was in Miami, Florida. Eight hundred seventy-one thousand with uh, a point three three in the eighteen to forty-nine. Uh, but you compare that to the week before, eight hundred eighty thousand with a point three five in the eighteen to forty-nine. So this is the so, second week back in the normal time slot. They did yes. an impressive number last week against an NBA playoff game. 
no NBA playoff game. We're now in the finals. There was no NBA game happening uh, while this show was going on. There was a there was a Stanley Cup final game though, but NHL games are less viewed than NBA games. But the rating was down. Uh, I don't I don't know really how to read that. I, th- I think it's not a, a huge deal, but uh, you would think that with what happened last week with uh, tougher competition when you have weaker competition here this week and the return to touring, if that means anything, which apparently didn't mean a lot. Now, granted, you've got, you know, you've been in, at the, at Daly's place in front of you know, over a thousand people a number of times now, but this was more than twice as many as people as have been at Daly's place. This was just under 4,000 people, but uh, I was, I, from what I saw of it, it was a super hot crowd. Um, it looks like they had a, a good show. But the return to touring, at least for them, now it's not as stark, as stark a contrast as it will be for Raw and SmackDown. But the return to touring did not mean really anything for them in terms of viewership. No, I mean, um, I mean, we'll. I know what I'm very intrigued by was the uh, Tommy and Malachi Black thing, not really even being teased because we remember we Tony Khan said himself that like. TNT didn't really want surprises that weren't announced. So like, um, I wonder if TNT is going to see that there wasn't much of a ratings change and, uh, and they, you know, they debuted, which looks to be a big star. No offense to Tommy. And he's not going to pop a number. If you, if you advertise his appearance, I don't see it. I don't see this number being dramatic. No, no but if they teased like, there's going to be a new, you know, a new star or whatever coming this week. And, uh, Especially with everyone that's been released and everything, people who could it be, who could it be, who could it be, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a lot of companies are using as their angle for their next big show. So, who could show up? But I guess something that this brings to mind, and again, it's not as stark a contrast for AEW as it will be for Raw and SmackDown, but it, it doesn't inspire any additional confidence that Raw and SmackDown are going to have this big improvement to ratings. Because it didn't mean that much for AEW. Now, maybe it's just the case that they went from 1,000 fans to 4,000 fans. Raw and SmackDown are going to go from zero fans to tens of thousands of fans. Uh, I remain skeptical that there's going to be any sustained increase in ratings. I know you're thinking there will be like a couple weeks and then it will go down. I, I'm, I don't know how high it's going to be for in those couple weeks. I mean, I'm with you. It's not going to sustain. Uh, but this is... This is a summer that we've never, ever, you know, approached before. This is a summer after people have got out of the pandemic. (laughs) So, like, you know, this is a summer where in a lot of states, people's unemployment are going to end up in the fall. And they're just trying to cross off bucket list stuff. And you know what I mean? Like, people are out doing things. The the NBA number here, Um, the NBA finals game one. 8.56 8.56 million viewers, which is up from last year's COVID in the bubble, probably right. Uh, game yeah. one, which was 7.41 million viewers. Um, 2019, which I think is a LeBron James final, uh, 13 yeah. million viewers. So you have to go back to the to the last pre-COVID year to get a higher number, and that was five million higher. But uh, it's not as if. Uh, if you look at year over year raw ratings, there's uh, a pre. Well, I would have to look because those were the doldrums of of raw in July 2020. Uh, but yeah, 
the point is it's not not any higher. I mean, we just had the lowest raw rating ever. So it's definitely down in, in, in that case. All right. And, uh, and then we're going to finish off with Impact Wrestling. Uh, Thursday, July, 120,000 with a, a point of 18 and 49. And if you compare that to that July 1st rating of uh, 70,000 with point oh two, So, you know, you don't, they're out of the holiday and there's an increase there. So I, I really think that was, that was a huge factor is, you know, I know it can make excuses, but well, the, I really the, do. Th- the factor was the guide problem. The yeah. impact. Not I, I, do for, I forgot about that. Um, that, that was the case for apparently everyone on direct TV, everyone on Comcast, maybe other systems too. Um, so we're, it, it, we're just sort of back to normal, not a great number, uh, even for at impact standards, 120,000. Um, that's, you know, just a little bit over what their average was or what their median was for May and, and June, which is 118,000. But it tells me that they, they just did their all-time low last week, which was, what, 69? No, 70,000 yeah. viewers? Uh, Rounded up to 70,000, yeah. And um, that tells me, well, it was because of the guide issues, where people had probably were confused about whether or not the show was on and just found something else to do that night. Um, while some people still watched it. Um, I, like, like I said, last week, we do know that the quarter hour for that episode, the lowest quarter hour was the main event quarter hour involving Kenny Omega and, uh, Carl Anderson and, uh, Doc Gallows and their six man tag. Um, so I think that, that, uh, and maybe it's a smaller sample and it's not a great quality sample, but that tells you that that wasn't a huge draw for them. And I know at least, when I tweet these impact ratings, people want to talk about how look AEW is killing them. Uh, so I put a graph here. Uh, I've been reporting the ratings every every day, right? Except for Friday because there's no rating on Friday. Wait, no, no, there's the impact rating on Friday. Anyway, uh, I've been reporting all all the numbers that we're we're talking about here. I've been reporting on Patreon and and on Twitter, but with the deeper details on Patreon. Um, and what we see in the, in the overall trends, I took the is it the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight months before AEW talent started to appear on Impact Wrestling? And the eight months, or is it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven months after now? Uh, we're not in a full month of July yet. But what we see is the total viewership in May and June is down to, to the lowest levels over that time period. Uh, but the 1849 is still uh, higher in, in this, let's call it the AEW era of Impact than it was before, which is something we've talked about uh, on other episodes. Uh, I was talking to someone earlier this week who suggested that maybe there was a decline in popularity of Impact that AEW's involvement with Impact uh, delayed, and now we're experiencing it. Uh, I don't believe that Impact is less popular because of AEW. Um. One impact number I'm definitely looking forward to uh, keeping an eye on is, and I don't, obviously I can go back in on the Patreon and see what the rating, the post anniversary rating was last year with a lot of surprises, but this is pre AEW relationship. And then now you're going to have a anniversary, which more surprises of course, because we had a bunch of releases, perfect timing for them um, in an AEW relationship which may be over by slammiversary but you know storyline wise but uh i'm intrigued uh, to see the comparison from that to that 
So I'll have to, I'll have to dig in and look at what you had and what that date was. So. There's a column in the program data tab that will, that will, that lists, uh, post pay-per-view. It identifies oh. if an episode is after a pay-per-view. See, <laughs> yeah, you're way ahead of me on that one there. Um, all right. Uh, any, uh, final thoughts about ratings before we go into events? Um, no, we, we might draw back on it later, but no, we're good for now. Go ahead. All right, let's go to events. Um, just some updates on uh, some more uh, milestone events that you know, we talked a lot last week about, you know, July and August shows. But we kind of want to talk about September here. Uh, the uh, AEW's next uh, pay-per-view all out, which went on sale this week. Uh, well, this past week, uh, 100% sold. Uh, so 9,000 seats, hundred percent sold out for all out. Uh, and then, uh, that AEW dynamite, which will be on September 1st. And that is also in Chicago, uh, that 70% sold of 4,300 out and the rampage will be in Chicago as well on September 3rd, 72% sold with 4,400 out. So, um, Looking pretty good for them for three days, uh, you know, in Chicago, uh, and with not just them, but I know there is a lot of, uh, independent companies, uh, that are kind of piggybacking on that weekend, uh, running as well. Uh, and then, uh, the MSG and SmackDown on September 10th, uh, 74% sold with 6,700 out at the garden. And even if they sell out the garden, they'll still lose money, but you know. Yeah. And so the, the Ring of Honor Best of the World pay per view. Is happening right yes. now. Actually, let's talk about the, the Road Rager, which I kind of alluded to earlier. So that has happened. We have an event that has happened here in this sort of what we might call the post-COVID era, uh, Delta variants notwithstanding. Uh, the AEW Road Rager Dynamite uh, episode, according to WrestleTix, we're relying on the great job that WrestleTix is doing, tracking all of the the ticket outlet data that's uh, you know that's that's in their seating maps. Um, <clears throat> 3,738 is uh, WrestleTix count of tickets distributed. Um, I, I asked someone uh, at AEW if if that's leaving out uh, anything important, like walk-up sales or something else which we're not thinking of, uh, and, and I was told that's in the ballpark, this number, 3,738. So I would go with that as, as roughly the, the paid attendance. Um, Ring of Honor Best in the World happening right now. Uh, this might not be the latest, most up-to-date number, because I think WrestleTix might have counted again since then. But 447 is the number. Apparently, Joe Coff was quoted somewhere saying that every ticket that they've put on sale is sold, which is not the case. That's, that 447 was only 69% of, of the uh, the capacity, and I don't think they sold it out by, by bell time. Um, <clears throat> but this week, Cedar Park is 100% sold out. That's going to have about 4,400 4, people in attendance um smackdown is nearly sold out for houston at last count uh that is on july 16th next week friday money in the bank virtually sold out at 98 percent uh just under ten thousand there and raw the first raw on july 19th in dallas uh seven thousand distributed that's 85 percent sold out so these events for w I i would say are doing respectably um, AEW is doing smaller venues. I've, I've broken this out. Um, I would call this a very early analysis because we're, we don't have a ton of past events at this point, but, um, AEW's ticket sales for their, they're basically only doing dynamites and not and, and, and a pay-per-view, but their, their ticket sales are just under 
what the super show ticket sales are. So we sort of have pay-per-views and raws and smackdowns, and then we have super shows, house shows, and then we have dynamite just under that. So we'll see how that plays out over t- over time. Um, Garland, Texas dynamite on July 21st has 4,500 tickets out. That's 81% sold out. And then we have two super shows uh, for WWE on the weekend of July 24th and July 25th in Pittsburgh and Louisville, respectively, respectively. Um, the Pittsburgh event, 80% sold in terms of their capacity. They're, they're setting it up for about uh, 7,300, just under 6,000 tickets sold for that event. And Louisville with a 6,000 uh, seat capacity, less than half sold. So um, they've got to book Ricochet in a big match there, I think. Um, and then I've got, we're just going to go up to July here. Uh, the Kansas City, Missouri Raw on July 26th with a capacity of 6,368 has 4,528 tickets distributed at this point. That's a 71% sellout rate. Uh, again, still lots of time to, to sell tickets here. And the AEW Fight for the Fallen episode of Dynamite in Charlotte, July 28th, uh, 77% sold uh, capacity of about 6,000, about forty, uh, about 4,500 out. Again, all these numbers, courtesy of our, our, our friend at uh, WrestleTix. Um, and we have some new dates for WWE. Yeah. Announced. Yeah, I will get right into that, Brandon. Uh, we had some new dates announced uh, this past week uh, by WWE. Uh, and uh, it's here's the dates in order. Saturday, September 11th, a super show at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., uh, followed up by another super show on Sunday, September 12th at the Times Union Center in Albany, New York. Uh, Monday, September 13th, Raw, that's going to be at the TD Garden in Boston. And then Friday, September 17th, they'll have SmackDown at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, the house, well, the house shows that weekend, which are announced as WWE Live and not Super Show, uh, Saturday, September 18th in uh, the North Charleston Coliseum in North Charleston, South Carolina, and Sunday, September 19th, uh, the James Brown Arena in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, we have Raw, which will be September 20th at the PNC Arena in Raleigh, New York. Uh, Friday, September 24th, SmackDown. Actually, that'll be my birthday. Uh, they'll be at the Wells Fargo Center in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Saturday, September 25th, Super Show at the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And Extreme Rules at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio on Sunday, September 26th, followed by a Raw on Monday, September 27th at the Heritage Bank Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. All these tickets are going on sale uh, this Friday. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, It's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah, you can open it and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, Hey, look at some random cards, whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. 
you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network on the uh 16th and it will also be the day that the arthur ash uh, stadium tickets go on sale for aew yeah so what what this sort of tells me is that they're they're announcing how many house shows here two three well if you count the super shows four five five house shows so they're not dissuaded by the sales of, of the house shows to this point they feel comfortable enough that they're going to keep going with this um, is the WWE live naming a hint that and you know I had this conversation with with a friend of mine over the weekend that they possibly will end up trying running two shows the same night, like different crews that they'll go to two different yeah. cities. And yeah, I, I, I think super show means there's raw and SmackDown roster there. And yeah. I think live means there's, there's one or the other. Yeah. And then yeah, they've already announced with, more live, you know? Yeah. We've already said, yeah. we discussed this before with the, when we were looking at the UK shows that are announced, it's, it's a, there's W live uh, shows. that are just a SmackDown house shows basically in the UK. In addition to the, to the raw that's happening in London. Um, but yeah, you, you went over the MSG show already, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well, I, I've, I've, I understand that the ticket prices for the MSG show are, are pretty high. Um, but yeah, they've sold seventy four percent of that out at this point. Um, it'll be interesting to see how how much the ticket demand holds up and whether whether the whether this is sort of the normal level of demand or whether this. Um, decreases over time. It's a really great thing that we have Russell Ticks following this in such detail. Um, we have numbers for ticket sales in WWE's filings uh, that that they've reported, not per show, but per quarter. We would get a total attendance for North America and international. We would get average ticket price, uh, and we would get total attendance. And when they say attendance, they they do mean tickets sold. So we will have that to to compare to uh, over time. And we will, I, if, if Russell Ticks continues to, to do the sort of tracking uh, that they've done for live events, we're going to get a really detailed and granular look at, at really what's going on here uh, as far as is the demand immediately after the return to touring? 
is that going to taper off? And if so, how much? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it will taper off somewhat for WB. If you remember in the time right before COVID, um, WB was canceling some house shows. Uh, we didn't have somebody counting the, you know, using automation to count the, the, the blue dots on the ticket map at that time. But there were some pictures of, of uh, SmackDown uh, venues with, with a lot of open seats. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see. Um, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, so from that, we're going to move on to an announcement that was made this week, uh, by the WWE, uh, the July 23rd edition of WWE SmackDown on Fox will feature a split site broadcast with multiple matches SmackDown on the road. Yep. And it will be, uh, with multiple matches at the Rolling Loud Miami Music Festival, and the remainder of the evening, the evening will be held at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. Um, from the press release, uh, gracing the same stage as festival headliners Travis Scott, Post Malone, and Aesop Rocky, WWE superstars will complete compete. I'm sorry, in matches live from Rolling Loud Miami. Um, quote from uh, said Tariq, and I think Sharif, I could be getting that wrong, uh, co-founder and co-CEO of Rolling Loud. Rolling Loud. Uh, I grew up on Sweet Chin music, mesmerized by the spectacle that was Vince McMahon and company have built in WWE. The idea of weaving our two storylines into one world, uh, one must-see event is electrifying. Uh, and this was a uh, quote from uh, uh, Rolling Loud co-founder uh, and co-CEO Matt Zingler. Uh, and I quote, if you smell what the WWE and Rolling Loud is cooking, give me a hell yeah. So, <laughs> there we go. Also um, quoted in this press release was, um, try to pronounce this, Scott Zangolini, who is the new WWE Senior Vice President of Revenue Strategy and Development. He's one of Nick Khan's new hires, a former employee at CAA. Uh, so usually when people get quoted in here, it means that they had a lot to do with putting this deal together. Uh, so that looks like something that's been set up by somebody who's recently been brought into the company by Nick Khan. Um, <clears throat> Meanwhile, there's going to be a an audience there in Cleveland, I don't know, watching half the show that they paid to be there live for on a screen. Uh, Cleveland, last I looked, it's a stub hub outlet, uh, but it seemed to be doing well. Not that many tickets left. Uh, the The reaction that I've got on Twitter when I you know shared this press release, you know, there were some people criticizing the idea that you're going to make people sit there in Cleveland and, you know, watch half this show on a screen. Um, I, I, I just wish, wish wrestling would be wrestling. I think it would be in their economic interest to just be wrestling. But I think there's, there's a lot of things like this that are uh, encouraged to happen. And I'm sure they worked very hard to put this deal together, but there's a lot of um, these creative decisions that are put together in this company because I think it satisfies an urge to be, we're not a wrestling company. We're a media company. Uh, this you, you, you know, Chris Gullo, this is not a wrestling podcast. This is a media podcast. Okay. Um, if, so if, if anybody I, who, who watched wrestling for the last 10 years uh, with any sort of, I don't, I don't know, uh, uh, common sense of what the average person is interested in, every time you saw that, saw the uh, W bring in musical guests at WrestleMania, for example, why, why would you want to do this? I, it, it, it depends on the execution. Maybe it'll be executed well and it'll be okay. But this could, you know, I mean, every, everything from a live event standpoint, you know, where you might be 
dissatisfying customers who are sitting in the seats in Cleveland to like, this might not go well on TV and it might sort of like, you know, you've, you've maybe you've brought some people back who are tuned into SmackDown the week before because they went back to touring and now there's finally thousands of people in the seats again. And maybe now you're okay. The second one, the people who made it to the second episode, half of it is at like a, at a, at a, at a musical event. I, <laughs> I have a few thoughts that, uh, I want, you know, um, your perspective on first off, uh, yeah, I just keep going back to the Nick Khan IP and from my pers- from my perspective, from my opinion, it's not he doesn't think of what you how you could make uh what your IP better what it has done in the past, but what else can you do with your IP? And this just seems like okay, how do we branch out? Oh, let's get WWE our superstars involved with a music festival instead of, Hey, we're going back to live audience. Let's try to make this product as best as I can in a ring in a show. No. How do we take this IP and put it in different areas, which we're going to kind of talk about a little bit later too, you know? And I Um, I don't mean really as a criticism of Nick Khan, he's there to do a job for Vince and Vince likes this kind of stuff because it makes him feel like he's not just in the wrestling business. He's in, he's in the show business. And, uh, but I think it's, it's telling. The, the quotes that uh, the, the people from uh, the founders and co-CEOs of, of Rolling Loud uh, had to offer, which were, you know, even after they filtered it through PR and everything, you got them referencing Sweet Chin Music and, and, and The Rock if you smell what he's cooking. Uh, I'm, surprised that they, they, I'm, I'm surprised that they weren't quoted uh, as saying, bring back the Attitude Era. Uh, yeah, me hell yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, we, we, we agree, you know, this is a very Nick Khan-esque move. Yes. But I, I want to ask you how much influence does Fox have on this? We talked about it. Ratings well, are Fox slipping. We love it too, because it sounds yeah. good to, uh, you know, yeah. Oh, wow. You're doing that. Whoa. Oh, oh wow. And mainstream meet people. And oh, wow. That's great. Cool. Yeah. This, we'll see how it plays out. Though. How they can make Fox happy. I mean, Fox loves doing stuff like this. They air a lot of music awards and little festival. They, they do a lot of this type of stuff. I would love to see the quarter hour performance of, you know, what's, what are the deltas on, on the quarters that, that these matches that rolling loud appear in, what are they usually like? And what are they like for this episode? Do people tune this out? That's what I'm saying. We probably won't know, but that'll be interesting. I feel really bad for the audience of Cleveland. <laughs> I just they're <laughs> right? finally back to back to live WD wrestling, and, and most of the tickets are already sold. So it's like, ah, we already got your money, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. I get a text on Friday, like seven ish, from a friend in Cleveland. He's like, "Hey, you thinking about coming out here to SmackDown?" I'm like, ah, "I don't know." And then this happened a couple hours later. I follow with a text. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> like, yes. I'll be staying in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. But all right. I, I wanted to add to, I guess of all the reasons, uh, I said something similar on Twitter, of all the reasons to be excited about the return of, of live uh, fans in attendance, particularly at WWE. We've, we've kind of already had them at, at AEW. Um, the thing that I'm most interested to see play out, which I think has been the most interesting storyline in wrestling for the last 10 years or at least seven or so has been this feud 
between Vince McMahon and the fans. Uh, this feud has been on hold for about 16 months, much to the relief, I'm sure, of the CEO chairman, Class B shareholder. Uh, but now it, uh, it starts again uh, this Friday. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, I mean it's not as if Vince has, has gotten you know, more in touch in the, in the time uh, that he hasn't had to face the fans. I, I think the product has gotten worse. Uh, our, our, our MPS trend for Raw and for SmackDown is down in this quarter versus the last two. Um, I think he's been less burdened by having to worry about getting the right reactions or after having to worry about the response of fans. It's, you know, it's as, as other people have said, this is, this is Vince McMahon's dream to have an audience that he can literally just you know, have his production team press a button and he gets the reaction that you're supposed to get. Um, and now he's got to hand the microphone back to the fans. And uh, I'm really inter- interested to see not just what, what the fans do with certain characters or the entire show, whether they give the, the appropriate responses, but just whether they're going to be, I don't know, miked um, honestly, uh, whether, whether the, the, uh, you know, this is awesome.mp3 and, and the fans cheering.mp3 get, gets played when it's supposed to be played so that you can't hear the fans. Um, I mean, I haven't studied it closely, but it's, there's, it seemed to be that there was some audio manipulation at WrestleMania. Uh, you, can, you can find clips online of videos of you know, people who were there live. When Hulk Hogan came out, they booed the hell out of him. And uh, it certainly didn't come across that way on, on the Peacock. Um, and I've, I've heard people say that, you know, I think even pre-COVID, there was some some manipulation of the audio, maybe particularly when it came to you know Roman Reigns, who was getting booed uh, when he should have been getting cheered. All right. Uh, so uh, moving on, uh, but kind of some of the IP stuff we, I was just talking about. Uh, Andrew uh, Zarian noted on the Matt Men podcast that Stephanie McMahon is set for a meeting at the end of this month to talk about some of the ideas that have been pitched by one of WWE's TV partners. Uh, Zarian said, I don't know which network it was, but somebody told me that Steph has a meeting with one of the networks at the end of the month for pitched ideas from the network. I don't know if this is a common thing that they do or if this is a regular thing, but I know that some of the networks are pitching ideas. Um, and I talked about that IP. I want to know what you think it might be. I think it's probably Peacock related stuff. Maybe some more unscripted tele- television type stuff. We've seen the success of Ms. and Maurice. And, you know, and, and Total Bells and Total Divas look to be done. So, yeah, that's true. So yeah. it could be stuff like that, um, and yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what you what you think it might be, but I definitely think it's going to be the Peacock. And I've, there's been some interesting scheduling changes on Peacock too, taking off some programming. So I wonder if they're trying to shuffle the deck there. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess I I view this sort of fundamentally different than the people who are involved probably view this. I view this as. Yeah, I was just looking at, before we sat down to record this, I've been looking through Google web search, comparing various sports leagues. You're just looking at the trends of various sports leagues over time. Um, and did, did you know, like, WWE has, um, up until the last few years, has uh, greater Google web search volume worldwide than the NHL did until a couple of years ago. Um, <clears throat> and kind of what I'm alluding to with when we were talking about the NBA rating, uh, NBA Finals game one is up from last year, uh, but not up from the year before that. So 
you may want to say that, well, all, all, all TV is down. And to an extent, that's true. Uh, but the TV ratings uh, for Raw, especially in 2019, pre-COVID, and 2020, were down worse than, than the rate of TV overall when I've looked at uh, non-news cable. Um, so there's that. And then I've, I've been looking at, I've looked at this before, but just to make sure I have the most up-to-date data, I was grabbing it again. And you look at all these sports leagues, they go through, you know, whether it's WB, AW, New Japan, wrestling companies, or whether it's, oh, sorry, media companies, whatever they are. Uh, but then you compare that to the NFL and the NBA, college football, take all the most popular sports leagues in the world. And they're, they're not exhibiting this imp- just impressively down to the right trend, at least in Google web search that, that WB is, um, and, and, and you see this uh, decline in popularity, I believe, reflected in the decline in ticket sales from 2017 and onward, both average and total, both North America and international. You saw that ref- this decline in popularity reflected in the stagnation of W Network subscribers um, and in, in merchandise sales pre-COVID as well. E-commerce has done really well during COVID and it has largely offset the loss of, of any merch. But... I, I, I view this as I, – I almost think that wrestling should be like the, the fourth most popular sport in, in the United States, but it's it's not. And the only idea to, that, that you could really uh, put into effect to Im- improve WWE's situation and its economics is to remove the head of creative and put someone else in charge. But that's sacrilege. You can't say that. And nobody nobody who wants to keep their job will say that. Uh so it's going to be what it is for the indefinite future. Would you say fourth or fifth? Because I would, I would say Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, and UFC, and then WWE. It makes much worse. Is just is, is especially UFC is just. I, I mean, you, you can we can we can debate about the slot and and yeah and we're, if we're talking about pro sports, that's one thing you can include. College football is huge. Uh, and college basketball is big too. Separate, yeah. But this, this should be way more popular than it is, and it's not. It, 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 oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, especially you see the the explosion in MMA, and uh, boxing's making a comeback too. And I, I kind of feel bad, like slow. dwelling on the on the Vince thing, but it's just so right there and in everybody's face. And I, I, it's it's the biggest story that there is, and everybody sort of talks around it a lot, and or doesn't address it, and it's it's it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I, I think like a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they, you know, they don't want to make people mad or, or ruin their chances of, of working there someday or something like that, or, 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 you know, upset their sources or their, or their access. But, uh, I just can't, I, I, I feel like we have to stop sometimes. And, and if we're going to be honest, be like, this is what's going on. That's all. Well, every release talent says when they do their first podcast interview. Well, I know Vince, that goes Vince, Vince loves Amiens' ideas. That's what I've heard. It was just the other people, maybe, that didn't like him. Well, other people said differently on their on their yeah. on their release yeah. uh, things. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, uh, any any final thoughts on this? Um, you know, like I said, I I personally just think I know this is just a general wise meeting and all that, but I I, I do think they are looking to change the a little bit of the programming on Peacock. And I'll actually bring this up to you while we're talking about it. The Lex Luger documentary got taken off for 4th of July. It was supposed to air 4th of July, taken off schedule, not put up. 
and Peacock at all. No explanation from WWE. Nothing. Tonight, there was supposed to be a Stone Cold, Kevin Nash, Broken Skull discussions. Taken off the schedule. No explanation. No nothing. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know if they're looking to shuffle the deck in the programming there or what it may be. But I find Luger may have been one thing. Now Nash on a Stone Cold Broken Skull? That's just, just odd to me. Yeah. Both of those things together suggests it's a Peacock scheduling thing, or maybe they want to put it on a live stream or something like that. You know, um, did I put it in, in, in our notes here that um, we got some, some numbers for it is in the next thing, but we'll, let's just say it now. There's a Bloomberg article that came out early, earlier this week saying uh, that Peacock had about 42 million signups as of late April. Uh, they're, they're going to have their next earnings report on the same day as WD's, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but 42 million signups, okay, signups, whatever that means. They've got user accounts. Uh, but about a third of those, uh, 14 million actively use the service at least once a month. And 14 million, or about 20%, uh, and of, oh, sorry, of the 14 million, uh, 3 million pay for it. So uh, that's interesting to know. W Network, domestic subscribers, at last count, were about 1.1 million. So that's like, uh, you know, almost half. Uh, and uh, we don't know any information about whether, you know, what, what's the conversion rate like, like? How would they even track that uh, in terms of how many former W Network subscribers are now using Peacock? But uh, it's not as if, I guess my, my, my point is, I think there's some insight here, and it's, it's not as if Peacock has uh, monthly active users that are multiples, multiple times more than W Network had subscribers. So that's interesting to know. All right. Uh, so, yeah, you uh, kind of alluded to it, uh, but the W announced that the uh, quarter two earnings report is going to be July 29th with a conference call at 5 p.m., uh, covering the uh, period from April 1st to June 30th. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure when you plan on actually doing an episode on that that at timing wise, but I may be able to do it as my work schedule has changed a little oh, bit. Oh, really? And it's just a little. Oh, really? Just That's a little. big news here. That's big news. Let's just say if you if you could do 8:30, I could rush home and do it. Yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> not sure how long it's going to go. Yeah, but. we can probably work that out because um, it, mm. so the the call will be at five. They'll probably finish six a little after six, and uh, I there, it's often the case that I there's things that I don't really realize until the next day after I sifted through things again. But <laughs> yeah, we will do one that night, and uh, yeah, yeah, will be great. And now yeah. everyone perfectly in. So. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we could really kind of talk about this more into detail in the next couple of weeks and what your predictions are and everything for this. But, um, but at least now we have a date. Right. We'll, we'll have another episode of the Nikon podcast. See what scoops <laughs> he's got to reveal. Last last time, remember, he, he, he reported um, that the NHL and NBCU were done. Turned out to be true. Um, more in his interest than his company's interest. He, he's alluding to Apple being interested in sports content. There's some iffy reports out there this past week, I think in, in Sports Business Journal, maybe among others, that Apple is in, quote-unquote, early talks to get the NFL Sunday ticket. Um, the article apparently also notes, I don't have it in front of me, but it apparently also notes that... Um, it's 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 early and it's it does it sounds like it may not even happen though. But 
you get a lot of people in the media world excited when you talk about one of the fan companies, one of the big tech companies uh, getting interested in live sports content, which is which is the the big moment in sports media business that people are just you know they're they're waiting for. Um, and you know, it, in in a lot of ways, I, I don't know. This is not my area of expertise, but in a lot of ways, maybe that makes sense for Apple because Netflix is obviously has a big big piece of this market. Uh, they have a really strong presence. They have sixty some odd million subscribers in the U.S. Disney's doing well. I think they're in the thirties or forty million subscribers. I imagine I don't know what Apple's number is, but I, I'm sure it's far lower than that. So, what's Apple going to do here to, if they're going to really get into uh, more video consumption? Um, they're probably they're probably going to come out with a car soon, I think. But uh, but that's not video. Uh, so maybe one way is to just you know invest more in live sports. Um, we'll see. And, and, and Amazon is the other is the other piece of hype there too. Um, we will have on July 29th. That's the date, right? Yes. On July 29th, we will have two Raws and two Smackdowns with ratings reported. So I'm sure there will be awareness of that. There'll probably be discussion of that. Uh, I'm sure if the ratings are up, which I would be shocked if they are not up, W will be hyping how much the ratings have been up. Um, and there may be some discussion about it uh, on the Q&A with stock analysts. Um, we will get some sort of indication, I, I expect, about the ticket sales at WrestleMania, which we've already reported what they are. I'm going to pull that number up while, while, I, while I ramble, Gullo. Um, the, the number of paid ticket sales will, if, if, I, if I'm off by some degree, we'll find out maybe in, in W's public filings. Um, it's something like 20,000 each day. Um, we will get what we don't know is what the vending merchandise sales were like. And we should get an idea of that because vending merchandise is a line on, on W's trending schedules. And it's, it's an item in, in each one of their quarterly reports. So we'll get an idea of how much uh, per head was sold and just how much overall was sold on, on the two day WrestleMania. Um, will we get some sort of clarity about whether or not WWE is going to go back to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia before the end of the year, uh, a 50 to $55 million trip every time they go in their benefit. Um, did you find the WrestleMania number? All right. So what was the number you wanted me to look up for that? I'm um, let's go with paid attendance for WrestleMania. Was it mania paid attendance? All right. Let's do that here for you. I think All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. While you're looking that up, uh, W Network Revenue, W Network Revenue in Q1 was really high because apparently NBCU gave them a lot of money up front. Uh, for some reason, that's not totally clear to me. Uh, at in the in the first uh, period of the deal, I think we'll get a better idea of what the sort of normal compensation to WB for W Network content uh, on Peacock is going to be. Since now we're going to, we will have this full quarter of Q2, which uh, is from, from April 1st to, to June 30th. We'll get a better idea of what the sort of regular compensation is for WWE. It'll probably escalate over time and probably on an annual basis. It'll, it'll, it'll grow at a, at a rate of a single or maybe a low double digit of, of percent. Um, but we'll get an idea of that when they report. All right, so yeah, so um, WWE, you know, they previously announced almost fifty thousand, but uh, uh, with paid ticket sales with the uh, Tampa Sports Authority, around forty thousand 
was the uh, was the overall between two nights about twenty thousand piece, a little over. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you recorded that article, so that's why I knew it was the, the right information to find. The original article, the wrestling card. The original article is on wrestlingbooks.com. Yeah. Yes. yes, but all right. Uh, uh, m- moving on, and I, I'm going to let you kind of do your thing here, and this. The, what what you what we're about to talk about was actually a talking point in my car ride to, to New Jersey because yeah. you pulled a small sample size, but we think if, if it's even a bigger side, we think the WWE number would be more. But anyways, uh, who books the most rematches? And you can kind of get into that. Yeah. But from my perspective is we expect like if you went back like a year or even further. That- so this is going back to 2014 now. Oh, okay. See, I thought I, I might have saw on Twitter just a small sample size. So here's what happened. I did just okay. the last twelve months, but I did it. Okay. But my formula wasn't wasn't what I said it was. I made a mistake. I was to me. That's what I originally saw. Yeah. I was including, I think, uh, matches that happened after the given match. But anyway, what what is this? Okay. What are we looking at here? I, the, here's the question. How? Let's take a given match from any of AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact. And the question is how, and we're not including house shows, only things that are televised. How uh, did, how many of the matches that I'm seeing have already happened in the last six months? That's the question. How many, how often are you booking rematches basically? Right. Um, So for WWE in uh, 2021 through, through June. So for the first six months of 2021, um, 39% of the matches that you see on television and pay-per-view 39% 39% have already happened at some point in the previous six months. That, that is the highest. This is only main roster WWE. It is lower for NXT at 18%. It is lower for New Japan at 17%. It's a little bit higher for Impact at 20%. And it is the lowest for AEW at just 4%. I'm... I'm 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 honestly not surprised. Yeah, no, I would expect it to be higher. <laughs> yeah, if, if you go back in time, if you go back to all the way to 2014, it's it's at its highest, 51 percent for that entire year. Uh, it, it's 45 percent for the year after that, 46 percent, 42 percent, and it gets a little lower. So it's better than it used to be. It's better than it used to be, apparently. Uh, w- w- I think one thing that we're n- I'm not really getting at here that it would be a stronger criticism, I guess. Is and I don't know how to quantify this or really define what the, what the criteria is I'm talking about, but I think people will know what I'm talking about here when I explain this. But like, how often is it just the same people wrestling each other in different combinations over and over again? I think it's a lot of that, and then that's what makes people feel like I think it's one one reason why why the viewership isn't higher than it is because what are you missing? You're watching this, a lot of the same people wrestle each other in different combinations over and over again, whether it's the same singles match or whether it's people in tag matches and, and nothing ever seems to really get resolved. It doesn't, doesn't seem to be strong consequences, et cetera. So, yeah. All right. Uh, any, uh, any thought, any final thoughts on any of that? Cause I know you kind of broke it down here with yeah, all the it's very uh, numbers heavy. So I don't want to read a bunch of numbers in audio, but you can, you can find uh, these tables on my Twitter that will, it, it breaks it down by promotion, and then it breaks it down by TV show, and then it breaks it down by pay-per-view. All right. So, uh, um, last, lastly, uh, you know, before we uh, ended here, we did want to uh, send our condolences and our thoughts to Moogie, who, uh, you know, unfortunately lost his father uh, recently. So, 
you know, I know, uh, you know, so we're, we're, we're sending that thoughts to him and his family on that and condolences. Yeah. So if you, if, if people don't know, if you're, if you're a new listener at, uh, Mookie, Chris Harrington is the creator of WrestleOmics and, and of this podcast. Uh, he no longer works with us. We released him and uh, sent him on to future endeavors. He is now the senior vice president of business strategy at AEW, but he lost his father, uh, the other day. And, uh, I've seen, he's took me you know, posted about this on Twitter and, you know, we, we send uh, best wishes to him and his family. And uh, you see a lot of people uh, in the wrestling world sending him nice messages as well. All right. So uh, any uh, final thoughts before we give our plugs? I think that's all. What have you got going on, Chris Gullo? All right. Well, uh, coming up, uh, we've got kind of a nice little off weekend here, uh, but uh, July 24th, I'll be doing some uh, ring announcing some MMA ground force fights at the Keenan Center in Lockport, New York. And uh, then uh, July 31st, Empire State Wrestling uh, and I'll be at Buffalo Riverworks. And August 1st, I will be in Messina, New York for New Breed Entertainment at the Messina Arena. So uh, Where is that's the drives that from Buffalo. Five, five hours. It's all the way up in North country. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, very close to like Ottawa, the border in Ottawa. Oh, wow. okay. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, that, that's what I got coming up. Other than that, um, well, you can follow me, Chris Gullo, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but, uh, rediscovering the Indies. Uh, if you've met, haven't missed it, the last part of the, uh, Rob Black, uh, uh, XPW deep dive, really XPW, but a lot of Rob Black in there. Um, and uh, we have, of course, talk about the case, trial case and all that. So if you missed it, check that out. Rediscovering the Indies on Instagram and Facebook, RTI pod on Twitter. And then this coming Saturday, we're going to record our episode on main event championship wrestling about with John Collins. Uh, well, I mean, John Collins, a main event championship wrestling. Uh, just give you a little teaser. What region? Um. He ran one show in the ECW arena in Philadelphia, but he's from Indiana. Okay. Uh, but uh, this show is infamous because they had a lot of names. He was trying to be the next super fed uh, with the closure of WCW and ECW 2001. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he, the, the, the story is he faked a heart attack to not pay the talent. <laughs> so and there's much, there's much more. We're going to get into all that and so much more. Um, and that, they look for that to be released. I can vaguely uh, remember hearing people like joking about, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we're all waiting around to get paid. Maybe the promoter's going to fake a heart attack. That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, look look for that to uh, come out uh, on uh, J- July uh, 21st. So. And I'll have more information when I plug it next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I now have two bookings. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce them, though. Uh, that has been run through media relations. A second yeah. booking? Yeah. Has, has my, my other booking been announced yet? Do you know? Because I don't know. It has not It's not been announced yet. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you can follow WrestleNomics on Twitter at WrestleNomics. You can go to WrestleNomics.com so on and so forth. You can get access to the WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet and access to my nearly daily reports of ratings with uh, reports across various demographics, uh, my analysis, breakdown, even my opinions sometimes, which are separated from the facts. Uh, those are on Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics for just $5 a month. 
uh, you can get access to all that boxed content. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Thurston. I'm Brandon Thurston. I'm Chris Gola. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.